This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio We're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Welcome in on a Saturday night to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio. 1210 WPHT. Welcome in Delaware Valley and hopefully you survived that onslaught of rain that came down and had Ryan Boyer outside the studio tiptoeing through the puddles uh, to get to the meter machine. Ryan, if I only had the camera running, uh, well done, great stuff. Yeah, it was it was my I had to put my old running back outfit on and just be a mo- little more agile and go through this so I don't get wet again. All right, good stuff. Welcome in, everybody. We've got a great show lined up for you uh, on the big show tonight. State Rep Mike Driscoll uh, will be here. J-Doc is in uh, the studio. J-Doc has a... Uh, you know what? Before we go through the rundown, let's uh, let's set our dinner table uh, as we always do. And welcome in, everybody. And tonight, we, we've got a real treat for everyone uh, tonight. I'll say. Uh, uh, fr- from the Rusty Nail uh, down in Cape May, down on Beach Avenue, uh, where down in Cape May, Ryan, we eat our hot chicken wings with strawberries. I've, that's the first time I had it. It's a really good taste. I thought I was the chicken connoisseur. I've had every type of fried chicken known to mankind, but this is the first time I've actually eaten uh, strawberries, and it was good. It was a little sweet, but you know, right? And, and that's what I thought. A little Un- interesting, unbelievable. But I, you know, when I when I eat something savory, I like to keep it savory and save the dessert for later. But it is definitely interesting. It's a it's a, they're crunchy. Um, they're not oversaturated with sauce. Um, and so, we're, we're, uh, you know, they're well done. Excellent. The strawberry sauce, I'm a hot sauce type of guy. You know what I mean? But definitely interesting, but an outstanding win. Uh, three right. big opportunities or three big uh, entrees for us tonight as we set the, st- uh, as we set the table. Uh, in addition to the wings, we had the rusty nail steak wraps uh, and their great chicken sandwiches. All compliments of Chef Jimmy uh, down at the rusty nail. Jimmy! Uh, good stuff by Chef Jimmy. Uh, and... Uh, uh, we thank him and we thank the Rusty Nail uh, for helping us set our table. Now, will Ryan be able to eat nine more uh, of those wings with uh, wings with strawberries? I'm getting thumbs up from Dan Loney, Dan on, the, Loney. Uh, on the chicken sandwich, right, Danny? Uh, All right, good stuff. So, and you have some uh, steak wraps in there. I'm going to try later. Yeah, on. Yeah, that's the that's the ticket right there as well. Yeah, I'm just uh, so I'm on a diet and um, and I'm kind of juicing when I and I say kind of juicing because not doing real well with the uh, with the kale and the celery, but I. I do good with the fruit juices or what do you call them the slushies or whatever but smoothies the, the smoothies right the smoothies uh, but i am eating a lot of salad and, and joe so I, I i tried the wings they were excellent uh but you did bring some salads for me that's so why you're I'm not like ch- a rabbit man that's why you're not chewing in the microphone i'm not yeah. sure uh, while that may get you more healthy i'm not sure we're going to miss that part looks of like excellent show. cucumbers joe. all right good Outstanding. stuff mm-hmm. mike driscoll state rep will be with us we'll bring him into the big show uh john kane is with us our correspondent is in the studio and then at the bottom of the hour uh jay doc and i and i and i 
all of our listeners, I want to send out a huge uh, invitation um, to all of our listeners to stay with us. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to introduce you to an incredible man who is with us in the studio tonight. His name is Charles King, uh, and we will get into the story of Charles King, and we will introduce you to Charles uh, coming up at 735. Absolutely. Unbelievably inspirational segment. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, we have on the line State Rep. Mike Driscoll, who represents the 173rd Legislative District here in Philadelphia. He's going to give us an update on uh, the budget stuff in Harrisburg. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. I wish I was, all things considered, I wish I was in Philadelphia. Well, Mike, you got called up to Harrisburg and only to be put on six-hour wait, right? We, oh, my God. I, I, can I explain that? Do I have sure. Time here? Okay, sure. so... Midweek, um, I had a press conference down at the uh, Constitution Center, uh, not to criticize anybody, only to merely point out the fact that constitutionally, you know, we as a legislative body in Harrisburg, 203 of us, are required by law to have a balanced budget. Um, We were released last Tuesday night without a balanced budget. Without, we had a spending plan, but no revenue plan. So I was very frustrated. I talked to leadership on both sides of the aisle. And finally, uh, my colleagues and I from the Philly delegation uh, merely asked to be brought back to Harrisburg to get back to work and finish the job that we were elected to do. Within 24 hours of the press conference, we get a, a notice from the Speaker of the House that he's calling us back. We were on a six-hour call. We were all thrilled. We were told to report to the House today at 11. Now, of course, uh, you know, people come from all over the state and as far as Erie and, you know, you know how big the state is. And so everybody drops their plans, whatever they had in their districts, whatever they had with their families. And we arrived back here in Harrisburg eager to finish our jobs. Okay. Now we get here and we're told that, um, we, they don't have the, the plan that the speaker brought us back to consider and vote on. So we go to caucus, uh, nothing uh, disseminated to the Democratic members of the House. Uh, the Republican members go into their caucus for four hours. They discuss this plan, this budget spending plan that we as Democrats were not shared with. Uh, and after their members met, they rejected the plan that we never even saw. So we come back to the floor of the House a couple hours ago, and the Speaker uh, sends us home again. I mean, I, I can't explain this to my own children, you know, let alone my constituents up in Northeast Philadelphia, that we're not staying here finishing the job we were elected to do. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's not leadership. It's wasteful. It's reckless. And I've got to tell you, I guess you can hear it in my voice. I'm frustrated, guys. Mike, can I ask you a question? I was told that the, the Democrat Senate, the Republican Senate, uh, the Democratic House, as well as the governor, have a, a deal in place, and the only person that's blocking that is Mike Terzai. Is that true? And listen, I get along with the Speaker Terzai on a lot of issues, but in this particular instance, there's, as you mentioned, Ryan, there's five people at the table. There's the governor the head of the Republican Senate, the head of the Democratic Senate, the head of the Democratic House, and the head of the Republican House. And of the five, the one that is not the team player right now, the one that is doing their own thing is Speaker Terzai, and his own membership today rejected 
his spending plan. Now, Mike, I mean, not a spending plan. I'm sorry, his his revenue plan. Mike, uh, I I saw on Facebook uh, your your uh, press conference, and one of the things and that you, that you that you even you campaigned in your platform was education, and uh, one of the amazing things was you talked you talked about the the, the fact that the, the state related schools um, like Temple, like uh, University of Pittsburgh, like Penn State, um, those schools, Lincoln University, Link, Lincoln University. I mean, those schools are depending on this funding, and they can't get the funding until after the budget is done. Uh, is there pressure in Harrisburg or, or the Republicans? Is Terzai feeling that? Well, you would. I mean, I I, I was optimistic uh, for him to bring us back in the middle of July um, on a weekend. You know that he was hearing from Lincoln and he was hearing from Penn State and he was hearing from University of Pittsburgh and he, and he was hearing from uh, Penn Vet School. Um, but when he didn't share his uh, revenue plan with us as soon as we got here, and then he went into a four-hour meeting with his members, um, I, I, I got to think that the, 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 it's not as, the pressure's not as high as it needs to be, uh, because we were certainly feeling it. We, we actually, as a, a caucus, had a press conference after today to just say to the press, we don't want to leave, but we do not control the calendar. And if you ask any of the presidents and any of the board of trustees of all those universities we just talked about and all those those uh, um, educational institutions, I would say that uh, they're feeling the pain. Um, and we didn't, we, I don't want to leave tonight. I mean, we're, we're free to go. I'm going to wait till the morning, but we're free to go as of right now. I, it, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. So, Mike, what is the centerpiece of his revenue plan? Well, Ryan, I wish he would have uh, shared that with us. Now, what I've heard was that he wants to borrow uh, a, a, billion, a billion five, and he wants to plug it uh, with a um, a couple of other um, revenue options like gaming. And I, don't, I really don't think we need more gaming. I think we have enough in this state. While I would like to see the, the small uh, taverns and the small um, uh, nonprofits like the Knights of Columbus and the Veterans I'd like to see them get something. I think the current plan's a bad one. Uh, but, yeah, they want to do more gaming, more alcohol, and more borrowing. That, to me, is an irresponsible way to balance this budget. So, so the conservative, Mike Terzai, wants to pay more for money than the money. Because money, when you borrow, that, that's like going interest. out and purchasing money with an interest rate. And it's only a short-term fix. You need some long-term reoccurring revenue sources, and that means the dirty T-word, taxes. Well, and guess what? Some of these taxes aren't going to hit the little guy or the, the middle class that, that you know you guys uh, and, uh, represent, a lot of you guys represent and I represent. There is tax loopholes for corporations that we can immediately address in this budget that'll give us sustainable recurring revenues. And guess what? How about a shale tax? We are producing the number two amount of natural gas in the entire United States of America. And guess what? We're the only state in the entire United States, including Texas, that doesn't have a tax on natural gas coming out to the big corporations. State Why? 
Yep. State Rep. Mike Driscoll joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Fiddly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Uh, Mike, strange question. Now what? Well, so since we don't control when we come back and when we vote and what we vote on, it's being in a minority is very, very frustrating. So, and, and I'm not one to, because I, I, I'm kind of a compromise kind of guy. I, I, I'm the one that really likes to get everybody in a room, recognizing diversity, recognizing some people represent farm towns, some represent suburban towns, some represent urban towns. You know, it's a big state. It's very diverse. Um, we all have our own opinions. But when we leave and none of us are here to discuss things, we have a problem. So one thing we did today was um, Representative uh, Eddie Pashinsky introduced a resolution that from, if it passes, and I hope it will, it won't help this year, but it would help next year, that if we don't have a balanced budget by June 30th, that every member of the House and Senate are sequestered <laughs> in the Capitol, cannot leave, until we get a constitutionally balanced budget. I was happy to sign that today. I mean, I can't believe we were, we're at the point where we have to do something like that. I mean, we've been doing budgets since our first Speaker of the House, Benjamin Franklin, and getting things done. I, I, I'm, I'm frustrated, guys. Well, listen, Mike, um, obviously we can hear that in your voice, and I saw it in the press conference uh, on, on Facebook when I, when I saw that. Uh, what we'd like to do, obviously, is you have an open-door policy here. We can't wait till obviously, this thing gets done, and we'd like to have you back on as soon as you guys finalize this, and obviously we we'll want to thank you for your efforts. Well, thank thanks. You, and, and listen, we'll tell you a couple quickies for Philly. You know, in, in their spending plan, we have more money for education, uh, we have more money for economic development, and we have more money for our, our infrastructure down there. So there are good things in this budget. We just got to figure out a way to, to, to pay for it. And I think, at least I think we, the Democrats up here have a plan that aren't afraid to put up the tough votes. And I'm thrilled you had me on. I, I, please say hello to John Kane for me. And well, I'm course, here for you. Of course, your, your special guest uh, tonight there was a real hero. Uh, you know, Charles King is. Uh, I wish I was down there to meet him. So have a great night. Um, thanks for having me on, and look forward to seeing when I get back. All right, good thank st- you, Mike. Good you, stuff Mike. from Mike Driscoll. We'll take our first commercial break. When we come back, John Kane will join us as we roll on here on Talk Radio twelve ten, WPHD. I won't participate on behalf of ourselves here at Local 98 or the Philadelphia Building Trades in conversations that are purely dominated on social issues that don't affect our jobs. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer, Jay Doc and Krause here in the studio on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. John Kane in the studio. We'll bring John uh, into the conversation. Scott from down in Dover uh, checking in. Let's bring Scott into the conversation via the telephone. Uh, we'll spend 30 seconds or so with Scott. Scott, welcome into Saturday Night Live. How are you, sir? All right, thanks for having me on. Real quick, Mike Driscoll is addressing a budget problem, and what he's proposing is driving new revenues and not talking about cutting expenses, when cutting expenses is the only answer. Now, that's going to involve layoffs and ends of programs and privatization and things like that. But driving revenues with new taxes and new programs is only going to exacerbate the budget problem. So when are are we going to come to the truth when is mike driscoll going to speak the truth 
Well, it's not Mike Driscoll. The Republicans in the House and the Senate already passed the uh, uh, um, the budget. They're just um, trying to pass now a way to pay for it. So if they wanted to cut something, the time to do that was last month before they passed the budget. They passed the budget. So there is no cutting now. The Republicans are in charge. They passed the budget in the House and the Senate. Now they're just trying to fight for a way to pay for it. So Mike Driscoll is saying that we need a responsible way to pay for the bill that you've already made. They've already... They've already said this is our bill. We take this bill of $33 billion or so, give or take a, a half a billion dollars. I think it's $32.5 billion. They've already passed that. Now they're just trying to pass the fiscal code to pay for it. So Mike is trying to say, look, why would we borrow money to pay for it when we're one of the biggest uh, natural gas producing states and every other state has a tax? So you're not going to, you know, make the business unprofitable in that because they tax even in Texas, even in North Dakota. Well, thank you. But two wrongs do not make a right. The Republicans are wrong and the Democrats are but wrong. At this point, sir, you can't cut, Scott. What I'm saying is they've already said this is our spending. This is our tab, right, so to speak. We're going to spend $32.5 billion. Now they're fighting on a way to pay for it. And you can't cut it because it's already in the budget, which means it's already law for this year. Now, maybe next year they can cut, but this year cutting is off the table, Scott. All right. Good Thank stuff, Scott. Thanks for calling in. Scott from Dover uh, joining in. John, uh, Ryan's right. Where, where, where are you going to cut? You, well, Ryan's got – that's the reason why Ryan's where he's at, because he's an extremely bright guy. He understands the issues, and there's no doubt about it. Now, I know that the Republican Party doesn't want to raise taxes, but they're turning around. They're, they're putting out an idea out there right now. They don't want to tax – the Marcella Shale people that have made about $3.5 billion. But instead, they want to turn around and they want to tax the consumers of the people that are going to be using this natural gas. That's an insult to us. Absolutely, man. That, that is that is reverse Robin Hood, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. I mean, reverse. And, and, reverse Robin Hood. Take from the poor and give to the rich. It's reverse Robin Hood. <laughs> I mean, and, and not not to mention they want to borrow money. Like we said during the break, that is not borrow money. You're buying money. Ryan, my, you just said it. My father always told me, uh, stay away from borrowing because you're not borrowing. You're buying it as a cost. So you have to look at that in cost. So if you're borrowing $1.5 you know, even at a modest rate of the bond issue, you're still paying. You have to pay for the bond cost. So, you know, it's probably going to cost $600 million to borrow that. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. But, hey, that's a good way for him not to say he didn't raise taxes, you know, when he runs for governor. But that's another story. Yeah. Uh, John, uh, speaking of Ryan Boyer, um, a lot of things going on at the building trades. A uh, lot of lot of changes, a lot of positive stuff. Little update. Yeah, I, I, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good update. What's what's recently happened in the building trades is that John Doc, of course, we know, and and thoughts and prayers go out to his wife Celia and the, the rest of the family. But uh, Doc has realized that he's spending more time, and he needed a little bit of assistance, so he uh, he moved the president at the time, which was Wayne Miller, the business manager of the sprinkler fitters. We moved uh, Wayne up into the assistant business manager position. That being said, it opened up a position for the presidency, and we're looking for diversity. And if you're looking for diversity, you got to start from the top down. The building trades wants more diversity, and we're trying to work on it. And if we don't have people in leadership with diversity, we look like fools. And and Ryan Boyer stepped up to the to, to the plate here, and is now our president, who took over for Wayne Miller as the uh, president of the building trades. And not only that, I stepped aside. 
my position on the finance committee, and now we have Jimmy Harper on there. So there's two good positions on there for, you know, for diversity, and I think that's a great move, and I think Ryan's going to be excellent. In that position now. Listen, John, well, congratulations, Ryan. By the way, thank you, and John Kane, and all, you know all the guys, and also I give a shout out to, to John uh, and his wife Celia. But John, I mean, he still does it. I mean, I, I go home the other day, and he knew that my wife, who's a licensed marriage and family therapist, passed our state boards. And he sent her, you know, a thank you basket. I mean, yeah. that's just the type of guy Johnny Doc is. And I was so proud of my wife. She spent the tremendous amount of time in school, tremendous amount of money at Saint, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at Chestnut Hill College. But, you know, it's worth it. So we at the building trades, we're just moving with time. The only thing constant is change. And we're changing with the times. I heard the, 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 the hit on Doc. And he says, we are going to operate like a business. So we would think, what would a Fortune 500 company do when your brand is a little down as damaged? You have to manage your brand. And I'm going to tell you, the leadership at the building trades from John Kane stepping aside, Wayne Miller, everyone understands what we have to do. And it's a real push to diversity and inclusion and not only diversity in color but diversity in thought diversity in age you know you bring in some young people Anthony Gallagher Dennis Pagliotti everybody has a voice in that room and that room is a lot different from when I started going in that room about 12 years ago it's just a lot different and 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 in what way right it's a lot different in that, you know, you have different opinions before then. I was a young guy, didn't say much, but I think Kane was probably a young guy then. I mean, without, I, I mean, he was a young guy. I mean, it was like, it was an old, older room, and it was older white men for the most part, with the exception of Mrs. Staten. And um, they ran stuff a little differently. It was, it was. What is, and, and, and it seems like we're on a united front. My, my dad, yeah. <laughs> right? I, I believe me. And, and, you know, they were different type of guys. You know, it, it was great. They moved. The labor movement at different points in time need different things. So we needed the the rah-rah. Now we need the business people. We need the people that's going to go to talk to the the Chamber of Commerce, can go and talk to a president of a university, and can go to the corporate boards to espouse that we are a good bet because we're well-trained and we have better workforce and we're more economically feasible because we are better, we're more productive. And that's the argument. You have to make an economic argument now as opposed to the social argument that had to be made 20 years ago. And at the end of the day, um, what a united front, what does the future look like? The way I look at the future of the Philadelphia building trades, we're heading in the right direction, and there's no doubt about that. Well, look, I mean, congratulations, Ryan. Congratulations to Wayne Miller and to John Doherty uh, for, for, you know, just creating a, a united front. Thank right. you. Good stuff. And John Kane, stay with us as we go to a commercial break. Uh, when we come back after the break here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Charles King is in the studio. We're going to move him up to the microphone. And we're all, we're all going to appreciate his inspirational story. Back in a moment. Original news stories, podcasts, columns from your favorite hosts, and more. Interact 24-7 at Facebook.com slash 1210WPHT. I believe there's room, okay, for the national building trades, the local building trades, that have partnerships with the Trump administration as it pertains to energy, as it pertains to infrastructure, as it pertains to the undocumented worker. And welcome back, everyone, to Saturday Night Live on Philly Labor as we broadcast to you live here on Talk Radio, 1210 WPHT, up at the top of the hour, the Dan Loney Show. 
They'll take you into the night from 8 to 11 following Saturday Night Live. Special thanks to John Kane uh, for coming in the stadium, uh, into the studio. Now order uh, uh, enjoying a rusty nail steak oh, wrap. That's right. It smells good. I should have started with the steak wrap. Should have oh started with the God. steak wrap. I'm watching these two guys phenomenal, eat this and I'm going to be eating kale and celery in a blender in about an hour. <laughs> Boy, am I jealous! Let I'm me tell you. Ask that. all of our listeners as uh, we enjoy. Uh, and take for granted uh, a, a great treat from the Rusty Nail. Uh, I'm going to transition and uh, introduce and bring into the show, and uh, he's joining us in the studio, uh, just an incredible man, and his name is Charles King, um, and he joins us uh, live here on Talk Radio uh, 1210. Uh, Charles is 67 years old. Charles is a um, military veteran of the United States Army, Charles is a gentleman um, who found himself uh, on the street. Charles is a gentleman who has battled adversity in more than one way. And Charles also, at 67 years old and blind, is a powerlifting champion. And I welcome him into the show. Uh, Charles, a good Saturday evening, sir. Welcome to Saturday Night Live. Thank you, Joe. I'll tell you, you know, uh, that's that's really inspirational. Uh, unbelievable, Charles. I want to say it's an honor for us to sit here yeah. with you. I, I, Joe, you sent me Charles's bio. You started, uh, you started powerlifting at age sixty. Is that correct? Yes, yes, and, sixty years old. And you, and you're the number one ranked powerlifter in your age bracket. Uh, at, and you've won gold medals every year since you started. Is that correct? Yes, nationally. Yes, and I've won a couple internationally. Um, and world competition. What's your highest weight, Charles, that you lift? Did lift for 407 pounds oh. when I was 62 years old. Oh. Listen, mm-hmm. security, that's the guy I want to hire. <laughs> I'm telling you right. And look at it. He has on a nice suit, but okay. you can see those guns, man, coming out of there. Charles, give, us a, give the audience a chance to understand and i know it's because of time restraints there's no way for us to be able we to could cover do three we could do three shows on but charles get, but but paint the picture uh, for the audience charles on what your last battles or what your battles have been like well as you say homelessness was mentioned blindness but i'm gonna just talk about the past few years there have been a lot of adversities as i say um i've been blind for 28 years you know, I'm a praying man to God. Uh, I'm a veteran of the U.S. Army. I'm a husband, a father, a nurturing dad and granddad. I've been clean and sober for over 28 years. I mean, over 20 years right now. Um, I've gone to college, community college of Philadelphia and graduated. Mm. I survived prostate cancer. You know, daily I battle with diabetes. The most devastating thing that happened to me was having to endure and deal with the death of my daughter. She died when she was 14 years old. Uh, but in spite of all that, I'm not just surviving. My, for me, right now, I'm thriving mm. because, as has been mentioned, I'm the oldest competing blind power lifter on the USA team. And I won gold medals from 1960, from, I'm 1960, <laughs> from 2010 when I was 60 years old, my first full competition. And I've never powerlifted before in my life. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, I've won international competitions and goals for the USA. 
and I hope to continue to lift or compete and represent the USA if if I can just get the financing for it or sponsor for it until I'm at least 80 years old. I'm powerlifting is the most productive and fun thing I've done since going blind. Charles, let me ask you a question. What motivates you and what motivated you at the beginning to uh, obviously, you know, excel at such a, you know, th- I mean, powerlifting is an incredible thing, oh, but yeah. it's My all you. Powerlifting. Yeah. I, 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 it's not a team sport, just, man. No, it's not. You can't <laughs> tag nobody out when they get too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. What, what motivates you on a daily basis? Well, no one can understand what blindness is like until you uh, actually go blind. And uh, you lose your sense of value as a person. And um, I expect it to be put into a room and just be given food or something to drink. And and there would be nothing in my life. Um, When I had the opportunity through going to the uh, Olympic Training Center, it was a program for blind veterans with the help of GW Stillwell. I found out that blind people do a lot of sports. You know, there are a lot of activities sure. that they're involved in. And I wanted to bench press. When they, the thing I liked was bench pressing. Sure. Okay. But then I found out later on that, you know, there was more to it than just bench pressing to be a power lift. You have to squat and deadlift also. Uh, but the way that I feel after a workout. Accomplishment. Yes. You know, it's something that I never would have hoped for or thought was possible in my life. So you're not getting just a physical workout, you're getting an emotional workout. And, and a mental. And, exactly. Yes. Yes. I mean, yes. that's incredible. Charles man. King is in the studio with us, an incredible man. Uh, joining us, George Stillwell is weighing in uh, on the telephone, and we'll bring George in for just a minute uh, to join us. Uh, George, uh, I'm glad that you've taken a moment on a Saturday night to, to join us here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Um, explain for us, George. Because I think of all of the individuals that uh, that have been referenced or that have influenced Charles in his life, um, you have been there for him uh, through a hell of a lot. Well, yes, and uh, I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk. Uh, Charles and I go way back um, quite a few years. And the thing about Charles is that he's probably the perfect patient or client, uh, whatever we asked Charles to do in the recovery process and the adjustment to blindness, he was right on top of it. And he was always uh, an inspiration to me um, in that he never gave up and kept trying and went beyond what most people do. And when he had prostate cancer uh, and we came, he came out of that and he wanted to lift weights again, we were able to get him into a weightlifting program and we were able to find a local coach. And we've had quite a ride over the last seven years going to uh, the gym together. We go just about every Tuesday night to a gym called the Underground Gym up in Flower Town. And we've had all kinds of conversations and uh, inspirational conversations. He's lifted me up in so many ways uh, listening to him um, because, you know, the mundane things that happen in my life, the little things uh, really don't amount to anything when you think about not just Charles, but a lot of the other blind veterans that I've had the honor to serve over the last 28 years in, in Philadelphia. So I guess that will save my uh, my view on uh, you know what I get out of this whole thing with Charles. George Stillwell. And George, just so I am uh, telling the audience correctly, uh, you are from the Veterans 
from the VA. You're from the Veterans Hospital. Yeah, I work for the Philadelphia VA Medical Center, now the uh, Michael J. Krasen's VA Medical Center. Uh, and I'm called the Coordinator of Visual Impairment Services. And all the larger VAs have a full-time employee there to make sure that we deliver all the services, a full continuum of care for the blind and visually impaired so that we don't let them fall through the cracks. Uh, George, let me unlike a lot of other, Unlike I, I, a lot of other patients, they can't, you know, sometimes they can't see their schedules or whatever, so I just try to stay on top of all that and get them where they need to go. Now, George, what what, what really impresses me is that you, you, you're telling us that that um, Charles has inspired you, and um, is it important when, when somebody, you know, like Charles, who's overcome so much, um, does so well, um, that, it, you know, to tell that story to other individuals who may be in a dark place? Yes, Charles... Uh participates in our support group almost every month and he's he's quite an inspiration to the new guys that come into our support group that are just uh experiencing vision loss and he's been through all the different phases of it throughout his life and he can uh he can speak to that and he's helped a lot of guys uh you know uh, realize that there is something beyond uh, the loss of their vision yeah charles talked about what touched me is he said that he thought that his life was over, that he would just be relegated to a room where people fed him. So you guys give hope, but how how do you get him out of that room? Because it has to be very difficult when you're first blind. You don't want to hear I'm. They got a place. No, I'm blind. I saw my whole. I wasn't born blind. So how do you get them the motivated to take that first step? Well, we have to first uh, that old expression: you don't know what you don't know. The guys don't know all the resources and all the training and, and all the things that they can accomplish. And, and, and we do have some women veterans, too, that, that are blind. So we expose them to all that information, and we start with simple things. One of the first things we do is give them a talking watch, which lets them be able to tell time again. And then we start with various types of training. And through small steps, uh, they grow and learn skills until they can be, until the person becomes more independent, the veteran becomes independent. We also have a, a program that we send people to, a number of different programs, but one is a blind rehabilitation center where they go, where the people, where veterans go for six to eight weeks for complete training to learn anything from matching your socks to cooking dinner to using computers. So we're, um, it's a very aggressive program in that we seek out people all over the country and, and throughout the Philadelphia area and get them into the VA. Many of the people have never come to the VA or didn't want to, but we have such an unusual and, and full training program for rehabilitation of the blind that we have a lot of people that come in that wouldn't normally come to the VA. George Stilwell joining us here. George, I'm going to let you go just because we're pressed for time. Thank you so much, my friend, for everything that you do and everything that you will continue uh, to do. We're in, we're in studio with Charles King. We're going to take a, a, sh- a short commercial break. We'll continue our conversation with Charles when we come back on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer, J-Doc, John Kane, and Krause in the studio visiting uh, with the gentleman who's an incredible man, Charles King, uh, joining us uh, here uh, in the studio. And just if we have a few minutes left of the big show, uh, J-Doc, and I want to get to Charles, but go ahead. No, I mean, just incredible. And and, and you're listening to, first of all, Labor has a, a synergy with, with, with veterans, Okay, and and giving back, and that's part of the show. But we got John Kane, the business manager of Local Six Ninety, and Ryan Boyer, business manager of Labor, Labor's Dis- District Council, and they're 
you know, they want to contribute to the to, to, to the, the GoFundMe yeah, page. I think that we should give Charles an opportunity to talk about the expense of going to the national competition. And John and I were talking, and we're going to, you know, I know my friends at the board of the Labor District Council, we, 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 we honor your service, number one, and we honor you. you getting up off the mat, and we're going to pledge a $1,000 from the Labor District Council, and I'll get my board wow. to approve that. But, you know, that's, that's what we're going to do. And Charles, on behalf of Plumbers Local 690 and our membership, we'll match that thousand dollars also wow okay uh thank you and the expenses of going well, i have a gofundme page it's gofundme.com slash blind power lifter because that's what i am however i have a go a website also and it's called charles king powerlifter.com i'll repeat that charles king powerlifter.com and if you go there it'll direct you straight to my gofundme page uh, a little bit about the expenses that are involved. Being totally blind, I can't travel by myself. And I have to attend each year the national powerlifting competitions, which are held at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. Besides that, I have to go to the World Games. The next one will be in 2019, where there will be uh, 55 countries with over 1,100 athletes. And, and you'll only be, Charles, when you get to the World Games, you'll only be 69, right? Yes, 69. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just a kid. You better bring your ID. And the guy on the phone was talking about the class to match socks. Listen. Charles passed that a long time yes. ago. Look at it. He got on a three-piece suit. Hey, man, if y'all look at him, man, he, he look, listen, his wife is what he is. She, man, listen, you're doing the thing, Charles. But let me tell you this. At the 2015 World Games, a blind for an international blind sports association holds holds the Olympiad game World Games for the blind every four years. There, um, I competed against athletes that were forty years younger than me and came in fourth place. Whoa! Wow! You know? So I have I'm ranked fourth in the world. And first in America at my age. Wow, unbelievable. I'm, I'm going to bring in real quick Joe Bracca, who's joining us and has been waiting on the phone. Uh, Joe, I only have 60 or 90 seconds to spend with you, and I apologize up front for having to be short. Um, but I want you to, uh, I want to commend you for what you've been able to do and for what you continue to do uh, with Charles and just give you the microphone and give you an opportunity to weigh in on the conversation. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I met Charles about five years ago, and he uh, came to me for some help, and he was only uh, bench pressing. And so uh, after a little while, I said, why don't we try deadlifting? So we went to a few meets, and he did some bench pressing and deadlifting together, which is called a push-pull. He did very well at that. And after a little while, I said, why don't you try squatting? So it took us about eight months to learn how to squat properly. But he does it perfectly now. What's he like on the road? What's he like on the road? Does he stay up late? Is he, does he go to bed no, early? No, no, What's he no. like on the road? Oh, well, his wife's here, so I think he might. No, he's a good man. Very inspirational. And he, he pushes me a little bit, too. Uh, I know I've helped him with his form and, uh, you know, strength-wise. But uh, he helps all of us at the underground gym. Joe Brocker weighing in here when Charles King. Joe, thanks so much, my friend. Okay. Uh, travel safely as you continue. Uh, Charles, we have a minute and a half left for uh, for the microphone. And no question, just your ability to uh, chat for 90 seconds. Go ahead, sir. Yes, I would like to, as I say, thank my wife. Thank God, you know, for where he's brought me. If someone would have told me uh, 29 years ago, after going through what I've gone through, I'd be a, a, a world-class power lifter. 
you know, I would have told them they were crazy, you know. So I have to give my inspiration to wherever it is and tell people that yeah, next week, the twenty seventh, Joe and I would believe in the twenty seventh to go to Colorado Springs to to compete at the Olympic Training Center for the uh, National Blind Powerlifting Championships, and I hope to bring home another gold. I mean, I just want to say. Um that you're an inspiration, Charles, to, 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 to all people. Number one, anybody who's under the gun. This gentleman started his, his powerlifting and, and, and really started uh, his competitiveness at age 60, and he's excelling right now. You're an example uh, and an inspiration to us all, Charles, and I, I, I want to congratulate you on your success. Best of luck. Uh, I just can't say enough. Uh, you know, Charles, I echo some of the things that Joe Doc said. is a testament of the human spirit. And it's a testament to faith. I heard you mention the creator more than one occasion. With him by your side, there's nothing that you cannot do. Amen. And Amen. I'm telling you, you have inspired me because there's no excuses. And I'm also sitting next to a guy who I know fought some very serious health challenges just a year ago. And now he's on the radio, my friend John Kane. And it is a testament that you don't give up. Never, ever give up. Fight back, and if you fight back, great things can happen after that tri- that tragedy. Okay. Remember, y'all, charleskingpowerlifter.com. <laughs> Absolutely. I love and he it. knows how to sell, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does that way. Uh, this is what labor's all about, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Charles. Thank you uh, very much. Ryan Boyer, John Kane, well done. Thank I you. thank you. Uh, I thank you all, and I ask all of our audience as we get ready to say goodbye here on a Saturday night here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHD. Close your eyes for a moment. Imagine what it would be like to be blind. Imagine what it would be like to be homeless. Imagine what it would be like to have cancer. Imagine what it would be like to lose your son or your daughter. And then imagine what it would be like to wake up and, as Ryan said, walk out of the room. That is Charles King. Wow. Thank you. I seen that open space. I hope you're saving that for medical marijuana because I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of that, and I just want to let you know we're talking big numbers. We're talking, as you know, they're talking trillions, but we're talking mucho billions around here of unionized pension money. I haven't heard in six weeks one conversation about Russia yet. That's the reality. They come to me about jobs. They come to me a little bit about Obamacare, but they don't come to me about Russia. And with Philadelphia jumping out of the seams as a hospitality town, we need our transportation to be clean efficient, safe, and on time. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.